So you trying to tell me that white privilege doesn't exist? Yes. Well, let's look at the racial breakdown of people who control our institutions. We see the telling numbers in 2016 and 2017. The 10 richest Americans, 100% white. What about Oprah? Seven of who are among the 10 richest in the world. U.S. Congress, 90% white. U.S. Governors, 90% white. Are you sure? Excuse me, 96% white. Right. Top military advisors, 100% white. President and Vice President, 100% white. What about Obama? U.S. House Freedom Caucus, 99% white. Current U.S. Presidential Cabinet, 91% white. People who decide which TV shows we see, 93% white. Really? People who decide which books we read, 90% white. People who decide which news is covered. 85% white. Oh my god, that's fake. People who decide which music is produced. 95% white. What about Pop Daddy? People who directed the 100 top grossing films of all time worldwide. You guessed it. 95% white. Teachers, 82% white. No Full-time way. college professors, 84% white. Owners of men's professional football teams. 97% white. Well, it's not 100% white. You trying to tell me these numbers ain't got nothing to do with racism and white supremacy? Huh? Kinda. I don't know. I think I'm 100% right. Welcome to the Ro and Joe Show. Hey, this is Ro. And this is Joe. And we discuss the gray area. The black and white of things. What you just heard were facts. They were taken from the book White Fragility, written by Robin D'Angelo. Tonight, we will discuss um, a lot of things in the book White Fragility. We will read some things and we will summarize some things for you. So let's put things into perspective. Right. So we're going to talk about, well, first, I think we should talk about the definition of racism. Yes. So I'm going to give you Webster's definition because most people, when you start talking about race, racism, things like that, most people get defensive because they're like, I'm not racist. I don't act like that, et cetera, et cetera. So by Webster's definition or just overall definition, racism is defined as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. This book, White Fragility, goes way beyond, and she even states it in the book that if she's generalizing white people as a whole, saying that they have racism and racist beliefs, by that definition, that she could be wrong. Okay. But by her definition, referring to racism as a structure. As that, a construct. As a construct. That was, I mean, white. the white race was defined and solidified between the 1800s and the early 20th century. So, I mean, this goes back, I mean, centuries, right. years, decades, like a long time. So it's just something that's in... In us, almost like we're all brainwashed. Exactly. Which leads us to, let's try to talk about the definition, her definition. Okay. Like you found a good passage of her her book that kind of explains it. I did. 
And uh, the subtext or the subtitle of what I'm about to read is called My Parents Were Not Racist and They Taught Me Not to Be Racist. Whether you define racism as racial prejudices and individual acts or as a system of racial inequality that benefits whites at the expense of people of color, as anti-racists do, your parents could not have taught you not to be racist and your parents could not have been free of racism themselves. A racism-free upbringing is not possible because racism is a social system embedded in the culture and its institutions. We are born Mm -hmm. into this system and we have no say in whether we will be affected by it. I understand that many parents will tell their children not to be racist, but the practice of our lives is more powerful than the words we say. And living a segregated life is a powerful message of practice. Of course, there are degrees, and it is certainly more constructive to be told that racism is wrong rather than right. But that is still not enough to completely inoculate us from the culture at large. Wow. And that says a lot. That says a lot. And when she says the system, I mean, that's government, judicial government, schools. Yes. TV, what's in our books, our history, everything. Science. Science. Yes. Geography. Yes. Art. Literature. Everything. 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 Everything is whitewashed. Yes. Yes. So basically, this book is just stating with the history of such such a structure, I mean, she's basically saying it's hard for us not to have some form of racism embedded in us. Right. And she's not calling us racists, per se. She's just basically saying it's in us, even if we're, we were sub—we, white people were brainwashed, too, sadly. Sadly, but, right. You know, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. So let's, um, we could talk about... Let's speak facts. So I'm going to start with the story of Jackie Robinson. It's a classic example of how whiteness obscures racism by rendering white privilege and racist institutions invisible. So Robinson was celebrated as the first African-American to break the color line and play in Major League Baseball. However, if we're speaking facts... If we're speaking facts and if truth was told... Jackie Robinson was the first black man whites allowed to play baseball. Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. And that's what the structure entails. That's the marketing of whitewashing. Yes. So people don't, even though it sounds stupid, like it sounds like so easy, like back in them days you think people would have been smart enough to know, and and they probably did, but... But when it's out there stated in nice ways, you kind of just grow accustomed to it. Yes. So it's like over and over history repeated itself before then, after then. And it's just that's just one example of how things were never really told in truths. And And so it's still like that even in schools today. History is still whitewashed. History is still, you know, it's still a lie. And that's just basically what she's trying to get across in this book. And she just wants to stop making white people comfortable. I mean, even today, what were you telling me about Bill Maher? Maher? Well, if we go back to those um, stats that were repeated, you know, that 85% of 
85 to 100 percent of the world is run by white people, white people, white men, white men. You know, that is a heavy stat. And you spoke of Bill Maher. We were watching real time on Friday and he had a guest on Chelsea Handler, whom I I love and appreciate for her mm-hmm. rawness. She's real and raw. Right. She'll and get she's at funny. You. And she's funny. But um, she spoke of how the 2016 election of Donald Trump gave her a midlife crisis. It's just and unbelievable she never, to me. I know. She never felt so unhinged. And she felt, like, destabilized because this man was... So basically, Donald Trump being elected kind of shook her her base and it shook her white her, washed yes, viewpoint on exactly. society because he has um embodied what every mm-hmm. person who feels they are not racist he's embodied the opposite of that and yes. yes so he he doesn't represent Chelsea Handler I'm not that I'm not Donald Trump you know and so Bill Maher in response to her... Well, it was her book, right? Yeah, she, she's written a book, and I'm sorry, but I did not write the title of that book. But he said something to her about uh, her feeling... He felt like she felt guilty for being white. White yes. guilt. Yes. Yes. And she basically kind of admitted so. Right. And he, But he said, what good does it do for you to feel guilty because we're good. Like we Not everybody's good. born lucky or something. Right. And we're lucky and we should be, that's okay because, yeah. But why would he consider being born white lucky? So he himself recognizes his white privilege. Of course. But he won't name it that. He, he doesn't name it. Right. And he also refers to her white guilt as, Self, what did he say? Self-flagellation. So pretty much beating herself up for being born the way that she was born. But it's not that she was born that way. It is the social construct of white supremacy that... Yeah, which then once she realized it, you know, which, which is why people get so defensive yes and that's why the book is called white fragility (laughs) because over and over she ran into people getting so defensive about their quote-unquote whiteness which leads me to chapter one in the book i must say that chelsea handler spoke about going to therapy and that, you know, her and Bill Maher kind of went at it. You know, they dis- they had some disagreements. She didn't agree with some of the things. And they were really nice to each other, yes. which I appreciate. But she said that she went to therapy and that she doesn't want to feel like, oh, I'm lucky. She wants to be an ally. She want you know, she wants to not feel so privileged. She wants to right. feel, want us, she wants us all to she feel She wants equal. to do something with her privilege. Yes, exactly. Right. Something positive. Yes. So this is how, from a, like a, this is chapter one of the book. We don't see ourselves in racial terms. We meaning white people. I am a white American raised in the United States. I have a white frame of reference and a white worldview, and I move through the world with a white experience. My experience is not a universal human experience. It is a particularly white experience in a society in which race matters profoundly a society that is deeply separate and unequal by race. 
However, like most white people raised in the U.S., I was not taught to see myself in racial terms and certainly not to draw attention to my race or to behave as if it mattered in any way. Of course, I was made aware of that somebody's race mattered, and if race was discussed, it would be theirs, not mine. Yet a critical component of cross-racial skill building is the ability to sit with the discomfort of being seen racially, of having to proceed as if our race matters, which it does. Being seen racially is a common trigger of white fragility, and thus, to build our stamina, white people must face the first challenge— naming our race yes because it's so i can't true. speak on that because i'm a black woman but you as a white woman but you, you can see it in white people i do see it in white people and let me just say again how it said um of course i was made aware that somebody's race mattered and if race was discussed it would be theirs not, not mine. mine so whenever a white person is confronted about race they're so defensive because you can't dare challenge their, their whiteness, race, right. their whiteness, because it's the construct. It, it is what it is. It, it's yes. like, it's like the Bible. How dare are you challenge the Ten Commandments because they are what they are, and they're the spoken word of God. So somebody said, right. So, <laughs> so someone said it's a yes. construct. Yes, right. Exactly. So I mean, it's tough, and that's you know, and and Chelsea Handler is just basically owning it, like what she tells people to do in this book recognize it so when you're faced with a situation try to look at it in a viewpoint of okay that's all the book is saying yes and that's basically what we're trying to do we're just trying to make it comfortable for people to talk about race like it's not you're not going to die the white race is not going to be abolished if there's a black lives matter movement or a pro-black rally or black girls rock it's not about it's not about white people. It's just about them. I don't know how to really put well, that into perspective. but be, As a black woman, I think that I can put it in, into perspective in that we, black people, we just want to be respected. And it's not, we want to feel pride, you know, and we don't want to be challenged every time we feel that way. Every time we're proud Every time we speak of anything good, it always makes a white person uncomfortable. Right. I mean, every single time. I was on Twitter. Um, again, Twitter handle. Uh, I'm Ro not and gonna, Joe Show without a W. Bro and Joe Show without a W. And I probably won't be able to find this right away. But the conversation, I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, this is so good for the podcast, because, of course, on Twitter, there's a lot of shit about Donald Trump. There's resistors. And then there are people who, you know, there's there are white people who... Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why Donald Trump had Chelsea Handler throwed off balance. So, I mean, Donald Trump is obviously <laughs> not fit for politics. <laughs> not fit. But mm -hmm. let's just say he doesn't have that charming... Personality, like Donald Trump would have probably introduced Jackie Robinson the way I said it, or how she says it in the book, the right way. Mm -hmm. People hate him, but he's not a politician. So, in my opinion, you all politicians may have his mindset, but they just know how to say it better. Exactly. They know how to be charming, they know how to get everybody to love them and think they're great, just like the whole white America did for like centuries now. They whitewashed everything. He's not a politician. 
He's just an asshole who became president right. to feed his ego. He actually made some white people feel real fucking white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So in a sense, in the long run, he brought out some racist motherfuckers, but get them out. Get them out. Let them be seen for who they are. So the you know, at least you know a snake is a snake, a snake and you know not snake. to pet that snake. Yes. Yes. And I think I'm quoting you on that, not well, about no, Donald Trump no. and a snake. But my aunt says this, that she'd rather have, uh, I can't fucking figure it out. But anyway. I know what she's saying. Yeah. You don't even <laughs> got to say because you. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's steaks with snakes than um, bums with crumbs or crumbs with bums. She'd rather have. So no. you, at least you know what you're dealing with. She'd rather like have you bums know. with crumbs than steaks so with snakes. So he's bringing them out, but then yes. everybody knows where you stand. <laughs> yes. That's where I disagree when some people say that everybody that votes Republican is racist or everybody that voted for... Because I don't think that's necessarily true. But I do think that he did shake a lot of people up. And, if they made, and, it, and at the end of the day, if he made people face their whiteness, Chelsea Handler, she faced her whiteness, she has a little guilt, and she's trying to do better then great, he brought out some bigots that are now proudly to admit they're bigots. Great, then you know who you're dealing with. If that's your neighbor, you know you don't deal with them anymore. Right. They gets no love. Right. You know, so in a sense, in that, coming on that perspective, from that perspective, I mean, hey, I'd, I'd rather that than some liar up there lying to us all just because they're charming and sweet and they know how to sugarcoat shit and they know how to keep marketing this whole construct uh, the we're gonna have to another find a constructs becoming like yes. right yes construct right construct right <laughs> so i found going back to black people not being able to be proud without it being a problem for white people so snoop dogg in the wake of nipsey hustle being okay, yeah, I remember that. okay so he tweeted out the black code which is we do not steal from one another. We do not kill one another. We do not sell or offer drugs to one another. We do combine our dollars and buy collectively as a group. We protect our own women and children first. We educate our own at every chance. We do not fight one another. Brothers protect and build up one another. Sisters protect and build up one another. Brothers protect and build up sisters. Sisters protect and build up brothers. We look for every opportunity to start our own business, servicing the need of our people. And so when he tweeted this, a popular website said that someone direct messaged them and said that the meme Snoop posted is racist. And it's because he wants us, black people, to be proud of ourselves. Now, not not. In no way did he say that this couldn't be for anyone, although it is titled The Black Code. He didn't say that we should do this and hate white people. Right. This is right. all about the upliftment and of black people. And he's saying this because a black man shot down Nipsey Hussle, yes. which was a good black man. Yes. So he's just, ba- and we all know there's a lot of black on black crime. Yes, so he's there just is. basically reminding. Black people to look out for each other yeah, because together. the whole world is already against y'all. Yes. Whether it be consciously or subconsciously, mm-hmm. criminal justice system, we all know that mass incarceration, police brutality, all of we that. We all know all of this. Well, we've stated it before on the Rowan Joe show. And we are going to have a podcast about that one of these days. Yes. <laughs> but so that's basically what he's saying, but. 
but white, white people. people take Again. it and make it be a bad thing. And oh my God, he's excluding us. When white people have excluded us for centuries. I mean, right. they've included us for our labor and our brain. But other than that, we're some excluded motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. Get it right. together, white people. <laughs> yes, get it together. <laughs> slap me in my face. No, I would I'm, never slap I know, you. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> because it's not people. You're an ally, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. So, next. Next matter of business. Next matter of business. Next matter of fragility. I feel like we're, <laughs> we're scalding the white people. And we that's are, not our intent. No, we are not. That is not our intent here at the Rowan Joe Show. We discuss the, the gray area. We discuss things from our perspective. And we discuss shit that people just don't want to talk about because... Of- and people don't... Not all white people even realize this. Even for me, I hung out with black people all my life. And I'm not just saying I had one black friend. Like, I hung out with black people my entire life. And even this book spoke to me. Like, it spoke volumes. Like, it really... Put things in perspective. Put a lot of things into perspective. Because there was one point in my life that I looked at this racism as this definition. As the Webster's definition. Right. (laughs) And Webster is probably a white man. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, so there's a lot to be said there. And I just... We just want people to know... And even black people would probably get some knowledge from this book. I love the book. I love the book. And I love it because... It speaks from a psychological perspective and it talks about, you know, something other than it, it, it kind of speaks of the gray area. You know, what you don't really want to touch on and what you can't explain, like you, some things you can't explain, but this explains exactly what we're saying. Right. And this explains to white people why they get so defensive. Even they might not even understand why. Right. They might not even understand why they get so defensive when you mention any of this kind of of stuff. Because they do. They get really mad and red in the face and, you know, I'm not racist. Right, right. Yeah, they they call you a a brainwashed quack. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so we're a little giddy today because we got a shipment of Cola. Thank you, Killer Mike. And yes, we had added some Hennessy because we like to drink on the Rowan Joe we show. Do. So we created our own Cripa Hennessy. It was pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. It's a, yeah. Tastes like a um a melted grape popsicle. To I me. tasted more like cherry. Okay. I had there's a cherry flavor to it, I think. Almost like a cherry coke. Yeah, you add the yeah. Hennessy though and boom. <laughs> boom welcome to the row and joe show yeah <laughs> makes it easy to talk a lot yes it does <laughs> about things that make everyone uncomfortable sadly yes sadly we just want everybody to get uncomfortable be comfortable getting uncomfortable because what do they say like you won't get nowhere until you get out of your comfort zone exactly so this country is at a point mind. that we need to really think outside the box. Get uncomfortable. And so although Donald Trump is the bane of most of our existence, he is necessary at this time. And I cannot stress enough that the universe does not make any mistakes. Mother and father creator know exactly what we down here on this planet need. And we yes. need Donald Trump and all of his fucking psycho bullshit to help us to face who we are as the human race. And we are a fucked up race of mammals, people. Yeah. And racism 
is the reason why and white supremacy and white privilege and be kind to one another. Ellen, yes. I'm sorry I stole your um, tagline, but be kind to one another. It's right. the truth. It is the truth. It, it really is. Just accept people for their differences. You don't got to like it, but just, you know. And be fair. Be fair. Right, be fair. Hire some fucking black people. Right. Which is why affirmative action was created. But I don't even like affirmative action because... Not be not because it's not it's necessary, measured. but yes, that like how do you even measure that? That should be embarrassing within itself that an affirmative action situation had to be put in place because we're not hiring enough people. Well, that's how she got to her write her book. She was hired as a diversity trainer, and you really have to be trained on diversity. Now that's some shit for your ass, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's sad. A, yeah, it's a, like the world we live in is really a mess. And, you know, it could be better. could be worse, I guess. I could guess, it be worse? I guess the United States of America could be way worse. Well, they say could that we're... Could be way better, but... With Donald Trump, we're moving towards a second civil war. And if he's... Who's they? You know Media. They. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. I don't want to say that all media is fake news, but even on social media, there are a lot of white people who are who do hate black people. Well, and they who, better recognize that they are like not the majority. So they need to calm down. But they're trying to become the majority again or whatever. Well, what, yeah. they, they need to calm the fuck down. Take a chill pill. They need to drink some Henny and Crippa-Cola. Crippa-Hennessy. Crippa-Hennessy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, are we wrapping? Where are we at? I don't even know. What are we doing next week? Are we really going live next week? We are showing we face. Ooh, we're showing face. Oh, Rowan Joe's face in the place. <laughs> going live. I'm nervous to go live. At Me least we too. can edit this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is going growing slowly, but surely, but but still slowly. So follow us at Rowan Joe's Show with a W. On Twitter at Row and Joe Show without a W. And on Facebook, The Row and Joe Show. Yes. It's written exactly how it sounds, y'all. And we just want to reiterate that we are not doing this podcast to um, make people comfortable, but we are also not doing this podcast to bring about more dissension within the races. We were trying... Trying to bring together the masses, black, right. white, yellow, red, brown, yeah, and even exactly. the aliens. Sometimes I feel like we're aliens. We could be. Because we don't think like the masses. Could be. We could be. Anyway, we're rapping. Until next time when our face is in the place. I love going to show. This is yeah. Joe show. <laughs>